Welcome to the Inspire People Impact Lives podcast. This podcast is for people who are looking to get more out of life by making an impact on those around them. Each week, we bring you local, influential business and community leaders, delivering powerful messages to help you live a more inspiring and impactful life. Coming to you live from Northwestern Mutual Middleton, here's your host, Josh Kosnick. Welcome to another episode of Inspire People, Impact Lives. I'm your host, Josh Kosnick. By trade, I'm a financial advisor and by training, a leader and now managing partner with Northwestern Mutual. Today we got a special guest. We brought my baby bro back in, Jordan Kosnick. We had such good feedback from the last time uh, we got together. We wanted to make sure that we potentially made this a reoccurring theme where we can give our two different perspectives on things. And today we're going to talk about failure. But before we do, a couple quick things. I've been shouting out our golf outing. We're raising money for childhood cancer research. And the big thing here for us is to raise over $80,000 this summer. Uh, towards that event. We've been able to donate over $130,000 to UW Carbone Cancer Research Center here in Madison, Wisconsin, and we want to bring some more money back to those great people doing great work. So please go to www.drivingoutchildhoodcancer.com. Again, that's www.drivingoutchildhoodcancer.com. We do have a few golf spots open, and as always, looking for sponsors. Secondly, um, we're doing our podcast today, Jordan and I together. A couple of hours ago, we found out our grandfather died. So we're doing this with heavy hearts today. Um, he's the person that taught us how to shoot BB guns, how to collect shells and find shark's teeth on the beach. And probably most importantly, taught us how to love to the very end and be a devoted spouse and husband. So this one's for you, Grandpa. All right, before we get, or now we're getting into today, I want to talk about failure. And before we ask Jordan some questions, before he pops some questions back to me, uh, let's talk a little bit about failure. It's always gotten a bad rap. And more and more we see uber successful people, celebrities, whatnot, talking about failure as their secret to success. And that really sounds like an oxymoron. But in reality, consistent failure is more indicative to future success than almost any other factor. And we're going to talk a lot about that today. The important part is how you, the person, define failure. That way, failure doesn't discourage you, but motivates you because you know you are now one step closer to your goal. So as we discuss this today, we're going to talk about some building blocks and how we go about uh, visualizing failure here, what we learn. And uh, we hope to, that all of you start seeing these mini failures or even large failures as building blocks that help you win in the long run. So today, Jordan, we're going to start with why, in your opinion, you think failure is a bad thing or how most people think failure is a bad thing? I know you personally don't, but what do you think most people's thoughts are as they're going through and thinking about failure, their own failures, many or large? Yeah, I think it's a good question. And I think uh, a lot of people uh, you know, look at failure as an embarrassing thing. Nobody likes to be embarrassed. Um, especially in today's world when when everything that we do is uh, promoted and advertised online <clears throat> through social media and different things like that um, most people don't put their failures online right most people if you think about uh, growing up as an athlete losing a game in front of a crowd of people wasn't a fun thing to do right we both played sports growing up and losing was definitely not our favorite thing and losing typically feels like a failure, right? 
So I think uh, for most people, they associate uh, losing and failure as uh, in, in whatever sport or extracurricular that they're doing as failing in life. And, and so I think most people associate that uh, failure as a, as a bad thing. And so, as you mentioned in the intro, um, most successful people and, and, and the, the influencers that are out there today are really promoting failure as the key to success. And I think the reason is, is because you're that much closer to the way it works, that much closer to the strategy that actually gets you to accomplishing whatever goal you might have. Um, if you didn't go through those, as you mentioned, mini fa miniature failures or that big failure, and, and I'm excited to talk about a few of the ones that, uh, that, that I know um, you and I have had in the past uh, that have gotten us to where we are today. If you didn't have those, you, you wouldn't be who you are. And so everything that you do, success or failure, makes you who you are. And I think most people like to forget about the, the not so good things or the times where they lost a game or they, they came up short uh, and only remember and internalize the, the, the good things or the, the, the successes that they had. It's an interesting thing about the games. What, so there's a lot of losses, whether it's a board game, a football game, whatever it might be. And oftentimes we hear failures define us. Mm -hmm. And then when you mentioned the social media aspect, it's a comparison contest. It's a right. popularity contest. It's like, here's, I'm on this vacation, on this beach. I only show the highlight reel. It's like watching SportsCenter's top 10 versus the bottom 10 mm -hmm. on social media, right? Yeah. So what, what uh, but or, we also- or, what, the, Come on, man. Oh, yeah, Is that come on, man. <laughs> so, but yeah, you get the bottom 10, you don't get the bottom 10 on Facebook, you don't get the bottom 10 on Instagram. You're getting all these highlights and it creates the source of envy for a lot of people. You know, it's interesting that you say that. Every time, every time uh, somebody does put something that's not so good on fa on Facebook or something like that, it actually gets, I think, more likes and, and, and views because it's it's not the norm. Yeah. Right? Like so, I have noticed that. something happens to a family member or somebody talks about a struggle that they're having. A lot of times they get they actually get more love and likes on 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 Facebook or whatever it might be because I think everyone's so used to pictures of everyone smiling and their vacations and all the stuff, the highlight reel that like you put it. So when something gets put on there, that's, that's uh, somebody being vulnerable. I think it actually gets more traction. That's true. I've, I've actually noticed that thing about in the past couple of years, I've had birth of Camden <clears throat> yep. and then have death of father-in-law. And I think between those two posts, those would be the most liked or commented on or attracted to posts. Right. Um, so it's interesting, but not, not even that drastic. We have things that happen on a daily basis on a, on a very minute scale. Why do people avoid trying then? Yeah, it's a good question. I think, I think it's that fear of failure. And, and, and so many people, uh, as I mentioned before, fear, fear the embarrassment that, that, that they believe or that they perceive comes along with failure. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I wanted to mention is uh, and I, I know um, an author that we, we, we like here is Brene Brown. She talks about stepping into the arena, right? I like to think about the, the analysts of sports and, and all the people that talk about the sports and um, criticize or analyze the, the athletes and 
uh, or even critics about movies and art and things like that. <clears throat> and and they, they have a very important job and it takes talent to do that. But at the same time, you know, the person that's stepping into the arena, right, put yourself into the arena and, and actually try and, and that in and of itself is a win, right? Just stepping into it, put, putting yourself out there um, is a win because you're seeing what is what you're capable of, what you can do, uh, what you need to learn from mm-hmm. your performance or, uh, you know, what you need to do better, things of that nature. If you don't do that, you don't learn any of those things. So I know something that you've, you've uh, maybe not taught me, but certainly uh, drilled home for me is if you either win or you, or you learn, mm-hmm. right? And so if you think about it that way, you don't think of a failure as a failure, you think of it as a lesson. Yeah. And right. so there's this acronym out there called LOSS, which we think of the word LOSS, but the mm-hmm. acronym actually goes learning, opportunity, stay strong. Hmm. I haven't heard that. So it's a good one for people to remember and uh, just think about that. So going back to the sports example, going back to losing, I was reading an article recently on um, parenting and top five tips in raising yeah. the kids. Shared that with you this morning. And it talked about uh, in an event, whether your child is on the soccer field or in a, um, a musical or whatever it may be, that you're applauding their effort not the wins and losses, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, not scoring the goal, but rather the effort that went into that mm-hmm. or uh, certain things like that. And I think that our dad was really good at that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, whether we won or lost there, he would always be right there to actually applaud certain efforts. Right. And then what were the learning lessons from those? Right. I remember the first, first time I stu- stood on the football field in a game actual game action because I was a soccer player up until eighth grade first I I didn't get to play peewee like you and Jake and uh step out there and we ran an offense that was two tight ends no wide receiver well I wanted to be a receiver so tight end was the only position uh so I line up on the line three-point stance and the defensive end put me on my ass (laughs) I mean just just bowled me over I was like well welcome to football (laughs) and but you bounce right back up well that was embarrassing got to get back okay not going to happen again Next time I go and block him, and he knew exactly where I was coming. He knew I was embarrassed. He saw it just in my demeanor or whatever. I was going to try hard. He just throws me by the wayside and goes right by me again. So now it's working on technique and learn lessons. Okay, first time got bowled over. Second time he just breezed right by me, threw me down. Over-aggressive maybe? Yeah, I was over-aggressive in it. Tried to make up for that time where I just got bowled over. And so it was just lesson learned, lesson learned. By the third time I was like, okay, now I'm in a groove. Now I'm actually able to do my assignment that mm-hmm. I was taught in practice that we practiced over and over and over again. Yep. That just reminded me and I, you know, recall the dad was there and he's like kind of chuckled and I said, so how'd that feel? I was like, not good. I was embarrassed. But uh, he's like, well, I really applaud, you know, are you getting back up and make sure, making sure that you, you played, he's like, you played a great rest of the game Yep. after that. Yep. Yeah. And so instead of saying, Hey, great game or great touchdown or great goal, say, man, you worked really hard. I could tell that after you got knocked down, you came back and you came back even stronger. So complimenting their effort or even saying, hey, great job because I know how much you've practiced. I know how much work you've put in to get to this point and to perform the way you did. Mm-hmm. So great job and all the work it's taken um, for, for you to put in to perform the way you performed today. 
it's, it's such a key lesson for parents. So any parents listening, you got you got to remember this. Or if you aspire to be a parent someday, don't applaud the wins and losses. Applaud the effort that it goes to because if you're or the A's like getting an A, mm-hmm. you know, applauding the perfection. That no, applaud the effort. Even if they failed, even if they got a F, obviously that's not something you want to applaud or or criticize that much. It's how did they perform before then? Mm-hmm. How did the, how was the effort that was put in? Did you see them putting in that extra effort? Because then they attach themselves to that right. versus winning or losing or versus getting an A. And we see this so often, and, and we've read numerous articles on gender studies, how women really attach themselves to perfection. And so you and I, raising girls, uh, we're talking about that as like, we don't tell them to be good when we, they go to class. When I drop my girls off in the morning, I say, I love you, have a great day, and be a leader. Mm-hmm. But I don't ever tell them to be good because I've also read about that and making sure that then they think that it's be good and fit in. Or when you're raising little boys and they're being rambunctious and all that, they're roughhousing, whatever. It's like, oh, they're just boys being boys. Right. Right. Or that's what boys are supposed to do. Right. When girls aren't. Right. And, and a lot of times those. And so, yeah, instead of applauding them for being good, because good's a relative term, right? What does good really mean? And in their minds, they're thinking, don't get in trouble. Don't do anything you're not supposed to do. And, and, and in boys, we kind of, I don't know if we necessarily celebrate it, but we, we certainly don't criticize it as much as we do in girls. And so then what we say today, oh, some of that stubbornness, some of that you know, misbehavior is actually going to be what makes you successful, Josh. Mm-hmm. But if it were our daughters growing up, we wouldn't say the same thing. How would we say it to them? Right. Right. We'd probably say, hey, you, you need to behave. Right. You need to. You need to be good. You need to be quiet. You need to be nice. And not that those things are bad, but they certainly don't uh, help necessarily in business or in certain things that they or might want to. Or being assertive or, right. or even trying, which is the whole point that yep. we're getting at today is that we see this with our young advisors and and, and we see this with uh, perhaps even our daughters or siblings or whatever, that they don't try because they feel they have to know everything before they actually go and do it. Mm-hmm. versus trying, failing, learning from it, and trying again. Yep. yep. And so that's that's really where we want to get away from. So I, I have a question for you. Yeah. So what have you learned from failure? What what maybe has been the, 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 the best either lesson or example you can have of failure that, that makes you who you are today and, and makes you the success that you are today? That is, uh, yeah, I wasn't prepared for that one. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so a very vague answer is almost everything. Yeah. Um, being the oldest of four, you being the youngest, like I didn't have an older brother to look up to and see their failures or successes. Um, and I failed a lot. And that's so why I always joke that you and Jake and Laura had, uh, there wasn't much you guys could do that I already didn't do wrong. <laughs> uh, that I did a lot wrong. Um, and uh, so there wasn't much that mom and dad hadn't seen after mm-hmm. me going through the line there. But uh, but in, in business, well, in sports and everything, I tried almost every sport. Um, you and I were talking the other day about the diving example when I was, uh, and I'll share with the audience, when I was uh, probably eight years old or something, I tried diving for the first time. I was on the swim, time, swim team and I tried diving. I think we needed four dives. So I could do a front dive, a back dive, and a front dive with a half twist, so I needed a fourth dive. And so they were trying to teach me a flip. And so we had our first dive meet, 
And uh, I still hadn't gotten the flip. I was still scared as hell of landing on my back and smacking. And so in the meet, I chose to pretend to slip off the board and literally fall into the water head first so I didn't smack. And the dive coach comes up to me right after, you know, after my long swim underwater to the side of the pool, embarrassed, mm-hmm. uh, and said, like, what happened? I was like, I slipped. Yeah. I know full well, damn well, I did not slip. Yeah. I purposely chose that instead of actually trying to do the flip. Now, fast forward years later, I stuck with diving and uh, I was doing two and a half flips yep. in, in dive meets. And I remember the first time doing that is like the first time you throw on a t-shirt or sweatshirt because you know yep. you're probably going to yep. over-rotate, under-rotate and smack. Mm-hmm. Well, then that t-shirt or sweatshirt gets wet. It serves zero purpose anymore. Right. So now you got to just take it off yep. and you're going <clears> to <throat> do it. So the, and, and you almost get it and you almost get it. And so you're like, move people out of the way to get back on the board, get back on the board, get back on the board and actually finally do it. And then there's this euphoria. So I think the biggest key to, you know, long story short here, or long story long maybe, mm-hmm. um, is that I was willing to try over and over again, um, go through some embarrassments, go through some uh, failures uh, publicly and privately, and uh, be able to come out on, on top mm-hmm. through continuous learning. And so I think the, the other piece of that that, uh, that I wanna key in on for the audience is, experience alone isn't a good teacher. It's actually uh, evaluated experience becomes a great teacher. Mm-hmm. You have to have reflective think time. And uh, we actually talked about this on the podcast last week with uh, Roger Seip. Yeah. Is uh, actually reflecting on your learnings, having reflection time. When you fail, when you have a loss, actually thinking about why that happened, what could I do better? Experts say that you are the average of the five people you hang out with and the books that you read. We'd like to suggest the podcast that you listen to as well. So hit that subscribe button and add Madison's top leaders to your circle. We'd also encourage you to share this podcast with as many friends as possible. Our mission is simple, to inspire people and impact lives. If you know of a friend or colleague that could benefit from listening to some of Madison's top leaders, give us a share. Now, back to our guest. So for the audience, how would you do that? you know, in, in your professional world or on a, on a weekly basis, like get practical tips on how would you schedule that into your day for something that's like, I really like that idea. I think that's a, a great idea. How, how do I do that? I don't know that I can do it daily. Uh, you know, so certain times you need feedback. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that there's, so I keep a uh, running to-do list, uh, not a today list. I've talked about that as well. I have a today list. Uh, this stuff has to be done today. But my to-do list, and I'm you know adopting OneNote as a system. But in the past, I've created a, a file folders in in my iPad for meetings with you, for meetings with my business coach, for meetings with anyone that I have regular meetings with. If I have a thought, let's say I'm in the shower and I get those theta brain waves, yeah. and I'm going through all this these different thoughts. When I get out of the shower, I get on my iPad immediately, so I don't lose that thought and put it into that file, whether it was for my business coach, whether it was for you, that it's something that I needed to talk to someone about that wasn't immediate or urgent, uh, but needed to be talked about or I wanted feedback on or wanted to discuss. So having a system like that, whereas, uh, okay, so if I schedule in reflective think time maybe once a week, okay, okay so that I, I don't know that it's practical daily. Yep. Um, it could be, depending on someone's schedule, but uh, 
let's say once a week where you have an hour or two where you can shut off all the noise and be able to ask yourself that question. And maybe the question is, someone made me feel a type of way. Mm-hmm. What about that person or about what they said to me or did to me is making me feel that way? Yep. And then on the uh, loss side of things to get to the next spot, um, I, I, this just came to mind. Uh, I love when someone can't, tells me I can't do something. Mm-hmm. That is my favorite, one of my most motivating things possible. Um, so in some of my time, I've actually thought of, I've actually pictured the enemy, like the opponent. Yep. Like I put a face to it um, to make sure that I stay motivated on certain things like that. And it doesn't necessarily stick with me forever, but those certain things that I'll do, like little games that I'll play because I'm competitive to be able to, in reflective think time, actually label things and be able to compartmentalize things uh, for future reference. But I think that reflective think time is really, really crucial. Once a week, um, I'd start with. If you can get to daily meditation, I think that's what a lot of the experts are really saying on. I, I will admit, fully admit that I'm not great at that. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I think at least once a week is a good starting point. Yeah, I like that. And I, you know, it's interesting that I thought of when you were talking about this, and, I, and it wasn't the reason I asked the question, but I think it's a perfect um, testament to the playbook for success that we use in, in at our firm, um, but posting and planning. Yeah. So, so posting and planning, just for the audience, as uh, in, a, in a, a general definition of, 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 of how we define it, is look at your day, post what, what happened in, in your day as far as activity. Um, how many people did you see? How many phone calls did you make? How many referrals did you get? Uh, and so you're looking, you're reflecting upon your day. What happened in that day? Good or bad. Good or bad. How did I do? And then planning for the day ahead. And so in and of itself, it is a way of self-reflecting and being aware of how your day went. Um, it, because you're likely, it's almost impossible to not have some of those ref- self-awareness and self-reflective thoughts when you, you're like, hey, I man, I only made this amount of dials and I, I know I should have made this amount or I should have set this amount of meetings and I only set this amount or vice versa. Hey, I, I killed it today. I should I should be proud of today. And, you know, what did I do today? What was my morning routine like? What what did I eat for breakfast? Right. What ha- what was special about today that allowed me to kill it? Or was it just one of those days where I was on point? Right. But taking note of some of those things that happened on the days that you crushed it um, and the posting planning that we teach all of our advisors to do daily, whether they do it or not, we teach them to do it daily, is extremely valuable as um, as a self-reflective tool that we're talking about. That's a good point. Can't believe I didn't think of that. <laughs> so, uh, well, count your wins. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's the, uh, count your wins, not your losses, because losses are, like you said before, we don't, we don't lose. We either win or we learn. So there's no point in counting losses. That just made me think of something. What if instead of counting your losses, you count your lessons? Right. There. Count your wins and your lessons. Yeah. That's how you can simply reflect. Yeah. Because there's nothing about the losses other than the lesson that's going to move you forward. I still have this visual of you pretending to slip off the diving board. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it was like really, (laughs) really artistically well apparently beautiful. your acting job was pretty good if your coach didn't know what, what actually happened. <laughs> oh i'm sure they knew what happened I, that was it had to have looked so so bad yeah so the judges scores were zeros 
on that forever. Just anyone, in case anyone uh, was wondering. Was clear, yeah, did not complete that. I was pretty dive. sure I knew, but. <laughs> but All right, so how do you help someone deal with their failures? Yeah, I think. You coach a lot. Jordan's right. role, chief development officer with our firm for those that didn't uh, uh, catch the lap, last episode, but you're, you're helping people on a daily basis. So what are yep. some of your strategies or conversations like? Yep. The, the thing that I focus on most is action when it comes to failure, right? So as much as we just talked about self-reflection, it can also be a very dangerous thing, right? And, and a lot of people talk about overthinking uh, as, a, as a really dangerous thing to do. And so as much as we just advise to get self-reflection time in, uh, it, it shouldn't be to the point where you're dwelling on your failures or dwelling on a- anything for that matter, even successes, right? We talk about you know, riding the roller coaster and it shouldn't be so up and down. It shouldn't be so volatile. You really want to level that out. And so um, having a bias towards action and uh, one of my, uh, it was actually the, so my same role in the agency or the firm that I started with, uh, the chief development officer in that role, something I got from him uh, was this concept and we broke it down to uh, basically just the Nike sign, so or the Nike slogan. So I used to put the Nike sign above my 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 phone in my cube when i first started for those of those live for those of you living under a rock it's just do it just do it would be the slogan for nike and and the the reason i did that or the the thought behind that was when i knew i needed to do something or when i was sitting in my cube or wherever i was and, and i was thinking about something the the only thing that would get over maybe that anxiety or that 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 the worry that I had or the fear of rejection that I had was taking action. And so there's a lot of uh, concepts out there. One of the most popular ones I know you're uh, a fan of is the five second rule, but Mm -hmm. essentially I was doing the five second rule without, without knowing it um, by putting that just do it slogan above my, or the Nike symbol above my phone. And he just kept telling me, he's like, Jordan, you have great ideas. You're smart. You know what you're doing. You're charismatic. You just need to act. You just need to go and do what you know you're capable of doing. And so it was cool to have somebody that believed in me, right? And told me like, you got this, you just need to do it. And so I take that that lesson and, and I apply it with the people that I coach. Um, I think there is a lot of, and I talk about putting care into your character, right? So if you care about people and you show that in a way, we talked a little bit about that in our, in our last mm-hmm. podcast, and you show that you care about people, then you're showing your character in that. And so, so that's my, would be my first step is showing them that I care and then leading with action and having, and telling them to have a bias towards action. When you start to feel anxious about something, or when you start to feel, or, or let's say that that something is this person that I'm calling is smarter than me. They're more successful than me. I'm scared to call them because maybe they know more than me about this stuff. Right. Well, the only thing that's going to get you over that anxiety, well, I should say that the the most effective or efficient way to get over that anxiety is to do or to act upon whichever, whatever is making you anxious, right? So if that phone call is what's making you anxious, the only thing that's going to get you over that anxiety is picking up the damn phone and making that phone call. Because otherwise you're going to go to bed thinking about it. Right. Well, what if, or why why didn't I make that phone call? Yeah, so I like that. And you and I have talked about this a lot, but uh, one of the concepts we like to tell people about is like, does anyone ever really feel like working out? 
answer is no. I mean, so really, even really in very shape rarely, people, yeah. I mean, there may be people that do it for a living. We're like, oh, that's that's what I love to do. So that yes, mm-hmm. they feel like working out. But the the lay person, the average person, you don't feel like working out. But how great do you feel after you work out? So the point is just to do it. Well, why do you think there's so many uh, pills of lo- for losing weight or? you know, uh, easy way out. seven minute abs, right? It's like the quickest, most efficient way to do it. Uh, or yeah, like you said, easy way out. Yeah. Looking for that easy way out. So any other questions on your end? Yeah. So you, you initially asked me why is failure bad? Uh, which is similar to the question I want to ask, but I think there's a fear around it. And so a lot of people talk about the fear of failure. Why do you think failure scares people so much? So I think it goes to a really, really deep level. Um, I think it speaks to who are we as a person, right? So uh, you like threes, yep. right? That's your favorite number. Yep. So the, I'll give you a three, three H's. Humble, hungry, and hustle. But the humble is who am I, right? So forget for a moment the world has placed any title or any accolade on you and strip all of that away. And who are you? Mm-hmm. What do you bring to the table? So what I, what I'm getting at there is I think that people connect too many things to who they are as a person. So meaning if I get rejected by, if I walk up to this girl in the bar and I get rejected, I take that personally because it's like a personal attack on who I am as a person. Now, is that really the case? Maybe she had a boyfriend. Maybe she didn't find you attractive. There could be a zillion different reasons she said no to your advance. Mm-hmm. But you take that so personally, and sometimes I've seen even guys lash out at the person that just rejected them. Right. Like, you really think that helped the situation? Mm-hmm. You really mm-hmm. think you're going to get her number now? Like, that's just ridiculous. But uh, But I think that going back to your question there is, we take it as a personal attack or a personal failure. So, so they're attaching it to their identity. They're attaching it to their identity. Yeah. It's like, no, strip everything away. And who are you and what do you bring to the table? And then when you're so clear on that, you won't fear as nearly as much. The, the fear will start to dissipate because you're like, I know who I am. I know what I bring to the table. And if you can't see that, then I got to find someone that does. And that goes for personal relationships to business relationships. Is that people that really connect with you, people that really recognize your value, they're going to be attracted to you, not detracted yeah. from you. That reminds me of, uh, I've, I heard a saying that I really liked and it started to make me think about um, just like our body's different. But but have you ever heard the phrase, you are, you are not fat, you have fat? Yeah. Right? So if somebody's overweight, they say, I'm fat. It's actually, <clears throat> it's grammatically incorrect. No, you're not fat, you have fat. And then even philosophically, as you're saying, people are attaching the, their identity to the fact that they're overweight. In reality, that has nothing to really do with them. They have fat on them. They are not fat. Right. Right. And so I, I think about that, and, and I think that's a really good point that you bring up, is that we are not our failures. We are not our successes either. Right. We are who we are. Yeah. Those just happen to be a, you know, things that we've done. Yep. And so think about that. You are uniquely created by God, what I believe, what you believe could be something different, but you are, you are one of a kind. 
And so what do you what do you uniquely bring to the table that no one else can bring to the table? Who are you at the core? Do you have integrity? Are you a loving person? Are you a trustworthy person? Think of some of these acronyms that fit your values that people have described you about in the past. That's who you are. Mm-hmm. Not our, not your successes, not your failures. Figure that out, and then you'll be able to move forward a lot mm-hmm. faster. So the three H's, just want to finish that point so we don't lose it. Humble, who am I? Hungry, where do I want to go? And hustle, how will I get there? Yep. And if you can identify with those, uh, you'll get out of fear a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One, one thing I wanted to <clears throat> make sure that I touched on, because this was something that was was tough for me, but as I reflect on it, I realize that uh, I'm really proud of of what I've done, and so I recently took the the CFP exam and and failed, uh, did not pass it. Um, I put hours upon hours of of uh, study time into it. Uh, it was something that I was really excited to to do, <clears throat> wanted to lead by example and show that I'm continuing my education. And um, the the tough thing about it as well is that uh, after you take the exam, the way the CFPA exam works now is they don't tell you whether you passed or failed right away. <laughs> so I had to wait about a month to find out. And so I, I went in and, and truthfully, after taking it, I was pretty sure that I, I did not pass. It was It's a pretty difficult exam. Um, but I thought, you, you never know. And I, I could have, you know, on the ones that I wasn't 100 percent sure on, maybe I got really good, really lucky and guessed the right the right answer. Um and so once I found out, I guess the good thing in the fact that I had to wait was that I had a lot of time to process like, okay, well, if I fail, you know, here, here's who I am, here, here's what I can do, here, here's how it hurts me, here's how it doesn't hurt me. I had a lot of time to really process that. And so, so when I did find out, I don't think I was as hurt in the moment, um, but it took a couple of days for me to, to come to the conclusion that like, as I said before, I was just happy that I put myself in the arena. I was just happy that all of that study time and all of the the effort that I put into learning these concepts, learning um, about and, and, and working on mastering my craft, um, it, it didn't go to waste just because no, I didn't accomplish no. it this time, right? I still have all of that effort and time and studying and and uh, knowledge now um, just as much as I would have if, if I happened to have passed it, right? And so... For me, I, I learned that I, I I didn't do enough, right? I didn't study enough, I, or I didn't study the, the right things or in the right way, uh, and I know what to do moving forward to get it passed in the future. And so I look back on that, and I think a lot of people are a lot of yeah a lot of people really get discouraged about that. And and the, I think the weird thing for me was is that even though yeah it kind of hurt. I was more encouraged than I was discouraged this time. And I've, I've failed a lot of tests in my, in my professional career. Um, but this one was probably the first time where I was like, you know what, I'm just proud that I put myself out there and I'm actually really encouraged to go take it again at some point in the future because I know what I need to do to get it passed. That's good. And then you will pass it the next time. Mm-hmm. So in wrapping up today, uh, there's a question you love to ask in the interview process when you're interviewing people that I wanted to get people uh, knowledge of. Tell you a, to tell you a joke or tell me a joke? No, not, not to tell you a not joke. Not that one? Okay. That puts people on the spot. I'm talking about the question <laughs> you love to ask about winning versus losing. Um, I'm actually not remembering which one you're talking about. You're talking about, do you, are you, I think you ask. Oh. Go ahead, if you got it, go. I, is it, are, are you a starter, uh, starter or finisher, that one? Yeah, maybe that's how I was remembering it. Yeah. I thought it was about winning and losing, but maybe that's the starter and finisher one. 
Well, that, this one I got from dad, which is, are you, are, yeah, are, are you a starter or a finisher? And, and most people's, most people think about it a little bit and they're like, well, like both are good. Right. And, but most people say, oh, I'm a finisher because they think that's what you want. That's what I want to hear. But in reality, it's a trick question. And the answer is, well, I'm both. Right. Because you want to have somebody that can start things that you want to have. You, you got to make sure that you finish as well. Yeah. No, that's really good. So in, in closing, I want to read a stat for, for folks because maybe some of you have actually read about the top five regrets of people dying or something of that nature. And a lot of them are, are about regret of inaction. So I want to put some stats to that. In the short term, we tend to regret our actions more than our inaction by a margin of 53% to 47%. But over the long term, towards the end of our lives, it is inactions we regret more than actions by 84% to 16%. Mm -hmm. That is a huge margin. Okay. So I want people to remember that as you go out there is at the end of your life, you're gonna remember things you didn't do versus things you did, regret-wise. So mm -hmm. you're gonna regret not spending more time with your kids. You're gonna regret not taking that shot at that job or starting your own business or whatever it may be. That's inaction versus mm -hmm. action that you're gonna regret more. So everybody stay hungry, stay humble and hustle out there. Uh, I wanna remind you to follow us on Instagram at, at Josh Kosnick. That is at J-O-S-H-K-O-S-N-I-C-K. Love to connect with you. Love some ideas on podcast guests that you'd like to, us to have on or any uh, future topics you'd like Jordan and I to argue about. We can do that as well. Maybe do a little brother versus brother. We can do brother versus brother. Bring the hot fire that day. Oh, we will. It'll be broughten. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to another episode of Inspire People, Impact Lives. If you've been inspired today, please share this episode with as many people as possible so that together our impact is exponential. Yeah.